Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, in this episode of Major League Baseball Picks, along the prices that make for good bets using a predictive mathematical model I've built affectionately known as Sideline for games scheduled to be played on Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. Kitchen here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested... And projections of picks on every single game. Sign up on Dub Club. That link's in the show description. Cost is under $1 per day. First five money lines, run lines, totals, all sorts of information if that's what you're looking for. Again, weather, park adjustments, access to our Discord chat where you can ask me questions uh, and get usually really good responses. You can get uh, more access to Jake and Cousin Jared. So all sorts of goodies over there on Dub Club. Again, cost is under $1 per day. Link in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It's not trying to forecast it to a T as a foolish and impossible goal. There are no right sides or wrong sides, or other prices where any side should be played, whether using my model, someone else's model, or just assessing what you think the price should be. You should be able to come up with a price. You play both sides. And this is the sort of thinking that is going to be key to growing your bankroll instead of draining it. There are ups and downs, but balances out in the long run. It's just hard to foresee those ups and downs before they happen. In other words, please understand good and bad variants will occur. So the long run profitability has been proven. Winning every single day is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, oh, Jared, it, it, we're, we're a little optimistic. Maybe we're turning the corner from some of this bad luck we had. A nice little day yesterday, A-plus a yeah. play of the day. Uh, nice, easy winner with the Braves. Uh, The other A grade play that we had from the model was the Cubs, which they started a little bit slow. uh, But cousin Jared, I have a a fun stat for you here on the Cubs. They have scored more runs in the last two games than any team in any two game stretch in major league history since the year 1897. And I am not making that number up. That sounds made up. It is not. Um, Wow! Yeah! Wow! I'm 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 impressed. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, what 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 does it sound increment? I'm not even I'm not even angry. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just impressed. And and of course uh, not angry because we had the Cubs as an A grade play yesterday. So of course you you know it, it's even better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is even better. That's that's just crazy to think that there's been you know those games where teams have scored like you know 29, 30 runs and something. Mm-hmm. None of them came back with like another big big game after that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 uh that's that's impressive. Yeah, the Cubs, I think it was 36 runs, if, I, if I'm if i thinking correctly, these last two days. So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy that the times that there's yeah. been teams score 30 runs that they didn't have yeah. either the day before or the day after couldn't at least yeah. put up six yeah. runs. Um, not yeah. that yeah. I mean, six is not the easiest number to put up in the world, but it's like you no. put up 30 one day, you couldn't get six the other day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, it's it's been at least a little bit of fun here. Uh, hopefully trending back in the right direction. Like we have been for most of the season. Again, the A-grade play is still very profitable. The A-plus play today still very profitable. Total still profitable. Uh, but it was a little bit of a dip here those last couple of weeks, which is a little bit frustrating. Hopefully now that we've got things kind of resynced after the trade deadline, uh, we can get back to the uh, more consistently winning ways, which you've had before. Because, uh, Jared, I was, I was optimistic maybe uh, the Astros or Astros would have, you know, a great 36 hour stretch between obviously reacquiring Verlander, the no hitter. And I thought, and maybe, maybe with Dylan Cease on the Hill, maybe the Rangers would lose if the Astros get the early win and, and the Astros would take the lead in the division for the first time all season. And yeah. Dylan Cease decided to lay an absolute egg. 
yeah. as has the White Sox done most of the season, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought we had a chance there, but you know, you, you can never count on on other teams, I guess, to, to do the work for you. I guess you got to do it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to have to do it yourself. And unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say this, I think that the the Astros and Rangers are going to go down to the wire this season. I'm not sure if either team's ever really going to going to pull away. I think it's going to be neck and neck the entire rest of the season. I th- I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, you know added uh, you know that the that both teams bolstered their pitching, yep. which was the big concern for both. We talked about the Rangers now. Evaldi now on the injured list, and as he'd had a start skipped. Uh, you know, kind of eligible to come back at any point, but you never really know when he's going to come back. Yep. Martin Perez for the Rangers has been terrible all season. Obviously, Degrom, uh, you know, six starts, and that's all he's going to get for him this season. And so that was the big concern if you're a Rangers fan was the pitching, the bullpen as well. The bullpen's been bolstered a little bit and is now at least decent. Uh, you know, they've kind of got that fixed. The Astros, uh, you know, adding a bullpen arm and, of course, adding, uh, you know, Justin Verlander kind of reinforced some of their pitching issues. So, yeah, since both teams did that, it does seem like it'll be at least a tight race. Uh, we've got some day games today. Again, only going to cover the night games on the show. If you're interested in day games, you can hit us up on Dub Club. Again, that link to sign up is in the show description. But before we get to our trio of games and the return of the pitcher prop of the day, uh, we've got a couple quick reminders for you. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the MLB, college basketball, college football, or even this fall NFL content that this channel provides. You can see how I scale picks in the Google Sheet that's got season results, team metrics, starting pitcher ratings, all sorts of breakdowns, and just interesting things. Check it out at links in the show description as well. But as always, with scaling and with picks, take what you like. And leave the rest. Uh, Cousin Jared, 7.15 p.m. Eastern, Pirates of the Brewers, the return of Cousin Jared talks about Mitch Keller. Uh, you know, earlier in the season, yeah. you know, you were only on once a week, and it seemed like every week it was you were talking about Mitch Keller. Uh, yeah. now, now we're back with Mitch Keller here. Struggling a little bit as of late, but, I, you know, his underlying metrics are actually now better than his ERA. His ERA is still south of four. I still think he's a good pitcher, uh, even though it hasn't been the best of times. And the Pirates' offense getting a little bit of a, of a boost now uh, with Cabrian Hayes coming back, which is big news. Mm-hmm. Of, they did, you know, lose a guy like Carlos Santana at the trade deadline. So that, you know, kind of offsets that a little bit. Padres most, I mean, sorry, Pirates mostly staying intact at the deadline. A couple of the guys that they could have traded uh, did not, with the exception of, again, Santana, Rich Hill, which has no effect um, yeah. this game. And then uh, Austin Hedges, who had been useless and wasn't really playing for them uh, anyway. Uh, is there, so there's one other, pl- uh, one other uh, Choi, I, I guess they traded him mm-hmm. as well. But he'd been injured, so not really, I mean, a huge effect on the Pirates at the deadline, which is surprising for a team that's out of it. But they, of course, were surprisingly decent, maybe trying to make a little bit of a run for next year. Uh, the Brewers, I guess, still hanging in there in the NL Central. I don't know. Somehow. Um, we also, yeah. Somehow. We're talking about the Centrals are just a mess. I guess, the, again, the yeah. NL Central is a little better than the AL Central. Uh, yeah. Adrian Hauser, though. Not a good pitcher, below average, has been at least respectable this year. 443 ERA. Advanced metrics said that's pretty spot on. His grade, uh, according to the model, is just below league average. Again, not terrible, but not a guy who I think is going to have a ton of success here. The caveat on this game, Milwaukee has a roof, but no air conditioning in the stadium. They have the roof for when it's cold in Milwaukee. We very rarely get a hot night in Milwaukee. Sometimes we get some hot days 
Milwaukee where they have to open the roof because if you close the roof, it just gets stuffy. They'll have that roof open. It'll be a hot day and you get the ball flying. You don't get a ton of nights like that, but you do get them occasionally. Tonight's going to be one of those. We're going to be around 90 degrees at first pitch, around 80 degrees at last pitch. So a boost to the runs based off of the uh, weather impact. Because Jared, our pick here, Pirates plus 125 as an A grade model says, this is really a coin toss game, 50, 50 proposition. Uh, You know, Current price on this is about 10 cents cheaper. So again, as a reminder, sign up with us on Dub Club. I sent this out to our people last night and told them, hey, this is what we're going to pick. Uh, we're going to talk about it on show. It's an A grade. If you want to go ahead and lock in the number now, you can go ahead and do so. Uh, and then just listen to why we think it's a smart pick in the morning. So uh, again, that's a benefit of being on Dub Club. Get about 10 cents of a better price. A grade threshold is plus 119. According to the model, B grade threshold plus 110. So either way right now, it'd still be a solid B pick. Shop around though, of course. Always trying to get better prices on this, but a coin toss game, according to the model, Brewers a little bit better offense at home. Uh, but Mitch Keller, even though he hasn't been quite as dominant as early in the season, still the better pitcher kind of offsets all of that, creating a coin toss scenario. Because Jared, tell us more. Yeah, so Mitch Keller, that's the reason that I picked this game. I want to talk about Mitch Keller, and it has been a, a rough stretch for us in the Mitch Keller fan club to the point where I, I was wondering, you you posed in the Discord uh, one evening, has mm-hmm. Mitch Keller kind of lost the magic? And at the time, I didn't want to say yes, um, but yeah. like four or five you years later, I, I came back to that statement and said, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he has. So, yeah. um, anyway, I, I don't have any specific particular insights into this game all I wanted to say was me as the lead of the Mitch Keller fan club. I'm, I'm like, if this was like a bandwagon, I have moved from the center of the bandwagon mm-hmm. to the edge of the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And the bandwagon is going at a speed where if I needed to just dislodge myself and, and jump off, it would not be painful. You can, um, you can ro- ro- do a little bit of rolling landing. And, yes, I could, I could kind of roll off uh, rather gently or as gently as you as you possibly can. Um, but it's good to hear that the underlying metrics still are, are very, very good on, on the season as a whole. So that gives me a little bit of hope. But but yeah, this, this is just more of a PSA that I'm still with Mitch Keller for now. Let's look at the next start or two, and then maybe I'll be uh, adjusting that calculus. After his first start, which uh, you know wasn't good, Keller then rolled off a series of moderately dominant starts. Did not allow four runs or more in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight starts. Four earned runs or more wow. in, wow. in in nine straight starts. Uh, it, it had been really rolling. Then it kind of got a little bumpy. Six runs, four runs, five runs, one run, four runs. But since then, when you look back at his last seven starts, he's had four good ones and three bad ones. But here's the three bad ones. One of them was at LA, which is really nothing to be ashamed of. When five yeah, innings, yeah. give up five runs, four earned. That having the Dod- we always talk about the Dodgers offense. Shot last night. Yeah. I see it every night. It seems like uh, at the Angels, you know, in July in Anaheim, that ball can really fly. The Angels offense still has some 
some spark to it. Five innings, six runs, not great. The one really just confusing one. The one, and I think this is the one that you replied on the Discord too. Is he went six innings, he gave up eight runs to the Guardians. Very confusing. I mean, that, that one, one is just yeah. the head scratcher. Doesn't yep. really make a lot of sense. But the four good starts he's had uh, in his last seven, seven innings, one run, six innings, one run. That was to the Padres. Seven innings, uh, no runs, only one hit. And then his last start, five and two-thirds, two earned runs. So he's still doing okay. Yeah. He has had some bumps in the road. It hasn't been quite as dominant. But you're still seeing – it's not like it was all good and then all terrible. So he's still been okay, okay here. Below average – Brewers offense and again the biggest thing here is he's not facing a great not facing a great pitcher not facing a great offense uh, so that gives us a little bit of faith in Keller because Jared I mentioned the weather being hotter according to sideline that's going to boost the expected number of runs by seven percent model projects a total of 8.6 this was set up to be a lower scoring projected total if it wasn't for the weather because of course Keller being an above average pitcher both teams still have above average bullpens and below average offenses but mm -hmm. the Weather is going to push that closer tonight. Current total is eight and a half. So if you just look strictly at the model, it would say to lean over eight and a half. Question I have for you, would you play over eight and a half thinking we can get to nine? Uh, or is that just a pass for you? I would. This is just a pass for me. I would play over eight just because of the push protection there. Um, and because you said M Mitch Keller has could still have definitely like a, a spot where Mitch Keller could have a good start here. Um, but yeah, Adrian Hauser's not good. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I, this is a stay away at eight and a half. If this got to like eight, I would say play, play the over, but I just can't, can't do it at eight and a half. I think there's a lot of questions as to how you feel about Mitch Keller, how many eggs you want to put in his basket. We've already got the A grade yeah. play in here. And I'm kind of like, uh, kind of like you, if you go under in this game, you're putting a lot of the eggs in the basket. If you're going over and now you're kind of like a little bit confusing your eggs in your basket. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do kind of like the over, maybe go pirates team total over would be the alternate way to approach it. Kind of at least remove the Mitch Keller portion of the equation of, is he going to be an up or a down star situation? And then you just kind of, isolate just the pirate score might be an option because we are not yet done talking about mitch keller our pitcher prop of the day mitch keller over five and a half strikeouts plus odds on this because we have not done really well on any plus odds prop which is very surprising because the natural then jump from that is oh well, just apparently every minus odds prop hits obviously we know that's not true yeah, the plus yeah. odds we just haven't had good luck with them uh for whatever reason I, you know i think that's just kind of random variability but keller here even despite some of these struggles as of like you can kind of see it in the strikeout totals that dominant stretch he had where he was constantly striking out a ton of guys still getting over this number interestingly he hasn't actually landed at six one time this season he's either been at five or seven there's nothing to that of course that's just random uh, you know fun with things random things happen uh but still hitting this number in his last two starts the biggest thing for me on this first off even though it hasn't been as good of late still hitting this 68 percent of the time the brewers are a high strikeout team i believe they are sixth in baseball in strikeouts per game they do have a little bit of a new look at this point some new guys uh Carlos Santina, the guy we talked about, right, going across the dugout. Of course, this trade was made previously, so it's not actually across the dugout right now. To the Brewers, a guy who is more known for walks than strikeouts, for instance. But it's a really small sample size. But in the last several games, the Brewers are still striking out a lot. So definitely kind of a new-look team. But a, a team that still seems like it's going to be on the higher end of the strikeouts, a plus expected value play according to Outlier, Mitch Keller over five and a half strikeouts at plus odds. Because uh, Jared, 
you know, you wanted you wanted some Mitch Keller, and you got you some Mitch Keller. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm just curious. I didn't ask you this beforehand. Do you have the innings pitched there? Could you scroll down the page a little bit and have, have well, innings? Yes, we could scroll down and look at the innings pitches. Yeah. So one one th reason Mitch Keller has been having some of these bad starts is, in my opinion, the Pirates do not have a quick hook with him at all. I mean, look mm -hmm. at how consistently mm -hmm. he's had the one start where he hasn't gone five innings. Again, gave it was up the first start of the season, and, and, he, and he gave up four runs then, too. And, and that was, yeah. again, first start of the season where maybe he hasn't been built up all the way, and, and they, they, they want to protect him, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so even these games where he's given up a lot of runs, like you mentioned, the Guardians, for example, he was still in there for more than five innings. So I actually really, really like this pitcher prop. You don't hear me say this about player props very much just because I don't feel like I know that much. But the combination of the Brewers being a strikeout-prone team and Mitch Keller – Seemingly having an everlasting uh, hook and not, not getting pulled until at least after five or maybe five plus innings. Um, I, I really like this one. I think he's going to be in the game for quite a while, even if he dis does give up a few runs. Oh, that's a great point. And, I, you know, Mitch Keller isn't really like a, you know, a KG veteran necessarily. I still think of him as a younger pitcher. He is 27. So it's not like he's the youngest pitcher, but he doesn't seem like that. You sometimes you see, you know, pitchers in their 30s and the manager will, you know, will say, hey, you're going to go out there and you're going to eat up innings for us. It doesn't matter how well you do. I don't think of yeah. Mitch Keller as being in that category, but that's how they've treated him. Absolutely. Yeah. As, the, as the ace of the staff, especially, you know, Brubaker was vying for that as well. Hasn't pitched this season. Velasquez, you know, had been pitching relatively well, wasn't going to go deep, but had been a surprisingly revelation for them. He's out as well. Now Rich Hill's gone. It makes it even more, you know, important for him to eat up those innings. And that's how they've done all season for him. So it's a great point that you make there, uh, Cousin Jared. It seems like they are going to let him out there for five. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. hot. It doesn't matter if he's getting hit. It doesn't matter yeah. anything. And that yeah. gives him the opportunity to hit uh, this over on the strikeouts. He's averaging more than nine Ks per nine. So at that point, if he goes five, you expect him to at least get to five, which is what he's done in almost every start. He's only had the, yeah. uh, what, four starts there where he hasn't got to that number out of 22. So you never know what will happen in sports but definitely a strong play and the plus odds is just the uh kicker to this one that makes it even more exciting remember if you want to see all of these metrics about lrc all of their plus expected value plays and again have that ability to be integrated with the four big domestic sports books where you can figure out all the plays you want make a little uh you know rolling card on the side click a button it'll take you to the website put it on their card right away it's very nice uh, on its features right there. You can see all these things at outlier.bet slash professor. That'll give you a seven-day free trial to check it out. And again, if you have not already signed up at Thrive Fantasy to play some daily fantasy, check that out. You can pick a lineup of players and enter a contest or just to choose a couple props and parlay them together. And if they win, you win. If you are a new user that uses the promo code SIDES, or the sign-up link in the show description, you get a 100% instant first deposit match up to $250. So sign up today and take advantage of some free money. Uh, that takes us to... And, well, and I have to ask you, what other show on the internet or podcast that you listen to can spend that much time talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates as we just did? I don't know if that's a good thing. We have an audience that, that, that you know... <laughs> Which, which is true. Look, if, if you want the show that's just going to do like, not, like 90 seconds in a game and just run through it and give you like yeah. two reasons to make the bet, you know, that yep. this isn't, you haven't, you've never been coming here, right? This is, you, you've, yeah. you've long gone. You've already, yeah. you know, you clicked yeah. off after, after half of the first episode. Can't, can't wait uh, to do this with UConn football in a couple of weeks. 
Oh, I mean, that it, obviously, you know, I feel like our bread and butter with, yeah. <laughs> with the football. Uh, yeah. I mean, wait, we had a lot of talk about that game in the player prop today. We'll, we won't talk as long on, yeah. on this one here. Yeah. Twins at the Cardinals, uh, mainly because, my goodness, is this this is a matchup of two of the most depressing teams in baseball right here. We talked about the Central thing, and that's largely yeah. because these two teams, the Twins, I guess, are still in the lead of the AL Central somehow. somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals, uh, you, you know, up not in, in any lead, uh, you know, that I'm, that I'm aware of at least. But part of the reason yeah. the NL Central is so disappointing because they were supposed to have been better than this. It'll be a uh, slightly warm night in St. Louis, mid-80s to start around 80 degrees to close. Slight breeze blowing in on this one, though, so that'll kind of offset a little bit. Sunny Gray and Matthew Liberator, I think I said that right. I had to look that up. Uh, Liberator. Very bad pitcher, has not been good in the major leagues, has not given the Cardinals a lot of length, was sent down to AAA after his last disaster start. Wasn't particularly good there for AAA seniors. Again, playing in the uh, the the former, maybe it's known as now the International League, which is much more pitcher-friendly than the PCL. So it's not even like you can blame the atmosphere uh, for that. Uh, you know, the Twins offense a little bit around average, maybe a little above average, obviously getting disappointing for what they were hoping to accomplish, but should be able to have some success against him. Sonny Gray has been fantastic for the twins. 322 ERA underlying metrics do say it should be about a half run higher, but still a very good pitcher. Going to have a little bit of hard time against what's supposed to be a good Cardinals offense, but one that you never really know if they're going to show up. Good news for the Twins as well. Even if things don't go quite like they should in the first, and they should. The Twins have a massive starting pitcher advantage. They continue that advantage in the bullpens, which will help them out. Our official pick on this one, Twins, minus 136. That is a B-grade price. Uh, threshold for an A-grade would be minus 123. Model says the Twins win this almost 60% of the time. That the correct price should be minus 141 cousin jared you know the twins i guess have something to play for again somehow uh the yeah. cardinals don't i don't know if that really matters or not in this individual game you just never know with that but if nothing else i mean that while the twins have been disappointed the cardinals have been even more disappointing other than a weird little random couple of stretches i feel like for the most part fading the Cardinals has been pretty profitable this year that's what we're going to do today give us your thoughts well, I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm going to ask you while I talk here, if you could look up sidelines record while we're fading the Cardinals this season, I, I would appreciate that. Um, so when I when I looked at this game, I think it was exactly to the point of, of what you just said. I don't know what the Cardinals have to play for right now, especially after trading away a lot of their pitching. And the Twins, like you alluded to, somehow still have plenty to play for and the the one one of the guys that i trust the most with the twins is sunny gray so when i saw this one this was one of those things like if this is like minus 150 minus 145 or below this would would be something that i would be interested in being invested on even if it wasn't an a play and sure enough it, it's at that level so for me this is a combination of the twins still have a lot to play for you know they're going to be real, doing everything they can uh to stay in the game to try to win the game like Sonny Gray, the Cardinals, I mean, what, what, what do they have? And, and I'm only halfway ask, asking that facetiously. They trade away a lot of pitching. Like, I, I don't know who they brought up to, to replace that. Um, so, anyway, I, I think, uh, especially if the game, this game's close late, I think the Twins have more and more of an advantage. The Twins struggled last night in a game where they gave up seven runs in the second and third innings combined. And that was all they allowed Joe Ryan, who's been a, a – a pretty solid pitcher for him here these last you know year and a half, two years, whatever. Just a really rough couple of innings, giving up a couple home runs there. And other than that, though, the Cardinals didn't do anything, you know. So I think obviously the Cardinals won last night. 
what does that mean? What does that matter? Right. With baseball, not a lot. Um, yeah. Right. There's a reason the old sayings about momentum is only as good as the previous day starting pitcher. So the fact that the Cardinals scored some runs last night, I don't really think means that much. Joe Ryan, I'm a little bit disappointed in this season. He hasn't been as good to us as he was last year, no. but uh, Sonny Gray has been that good. And that's really a difference maker. I don't expect him to allow seven runs and two innings. Baseball's weird. You never know, but uh, the twins are a pretty smart pick here. Cause Jared, you'd ask about the Cardinals. We are 14 and six fading them in either a grade or show fades to a tune of a 44% ROI. Uh, really good number, really good, uh, you know, ROI fading the Cardinals this year, just because yeah. they've been so disappointing. So I don't think I'm breaking yeah. any news with that. Uh, yeah. We've backed them uh, 36 times and have lost almost four units backing them with a grade and show plays. So uh, haven't been terrible backing the Cardinals, not as much as if you blind back them all season. So we've done okay right. in picking our spots, but uh, still just not a team that you've been wanting to back for the most part this season. That doesn't mean that they won't be going forward. It just means yeah. you got to make sure you're getting good prices for it. That's what we also talk about. We have to be so price sensitive here. That's going to make the biggest difference in the long run. And I don't think this is a good price to back the Cardinals or on the twins here at a B grade because uh, you mentioned the pitching for the Cardinals. I went through and had to do kind of a revamp yesterday morning of all of my database stuff and who was in the rotation really is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. I had automated that previously about who to put in the rotation, but I found that the automation, I just couldn't, I, I tried to do what I thought managers should do. And it turns out managers don't do what I think they should do. It didn't really as work. A, as, an, as an Astros fan, I feel shocked that the manager doesn't do what I think they should do. No, no, yeah, I have no, no comment to that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I decided it was just better to manually kind of track who's actually starting and who's in the pen. Because otherwise it was constantly putting guys in the pen and putting guys in stars that were different yeah. things. And I tried to even do a thing about innings, but the innings wouldn't work. So I tried to automate mm. it. It just found out it wasn't working very well. So I kind of manually did that. After the trade deadline, of course, I had to do kind of a revamp and a relook at who were the AAA starters that could come up and pitch and who was in the bullpen, that sort of thing. Uh, the Cardinals mm. were one of the biggest teams that took a hit of all of a sudden. Mm. It was yeah. like before I added new pitchers in for them, it was uh, it was like they really had shortened their list of available pitchers because of all the guys they had traded away. They moved a couple of the guys to the bullpen to go to Hudson, Stephen Matz, now out of the bullpen back into the rotation. Yeah, and, I, and I'm like only like halfway joking when I say this. Like I thought they traded away all their pitchers. Like the number of pitchers that I could actually name post-trade deadline was a fairly short list, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's again a list of a, guy, a bunch of guys who had been moved to the bullpen, or you're kind of like, oh, I thought that guy had been sit down because he was terrible, like the guy yeah. starting tonight for them. So uh, again, twins the pick there. Last thing, really quick to talk about on this one is the total. The projected total is eight point six. The actual total is nine. Obviously, we're not. Uh, you know, fans of Liberator, but with a slightly pitcher-friendly ballpark, a lot of foul ground there in Bush Stadium, wind blowing in at almost 10 miles an hour. Cousin Jared, uh, how excited would you be to play an under nine in this spot? Uh, not very. Um, the, the wind blowing in certainly helps. Uh, you could – you could talk me into it because there's a lot of push protection at, at nine relative to like eight and a half or nine and a half because you can't push on a half number. Um, so anyway. we've yet to figure out a way to at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would, I don't know. This is one of those I'd have to think about it throughout the day. It's not one that I'm just itching to pull the trigger on, but as the game gets closer, maybe it's something I would, I would consider. Uh, the wind blowing in helps, but man, the the fact that I just the Cardinals bullpen, who knows what's there. 
at this point. Who knows what's there? It doesn't rate very well at this point. It's a full standard deviation below league average, according to my projections. But like you said, too, there's just yeah. there's a lot of question marks for that bullpen. So we would lean under nine. Uh, you can look at a first five under. Under nine and a half would be a little bit more appealing. At least you get to win on nine rather than the push. Makes your investment a little bit more valuable. Of course, probably less of an issue on a day like today where you, where you have a little bit less uh, of your units spread out than on a full slate. Uh, taking us to our late game, the last one here, Mariners at the Angels. We always talk about Shohei Otani, it seems like, obviously. Uh, Going to be a shoe-in for the AL MVP, assuming he does literally – assuming he walks onto the baseball field here these last two months. Pitching fairly well, looking good. Last time we were out, we kind of were talking about how he's been struggling as of late. You know, a blister issue, uh, underlying metrics, not great. He really turned that around his last start. He improved his ERA and his underlying metrics almost by like two, three-tenths of a run, if I'm remembering correctly. Still wow. a very good pitcher. A guy who I still think probably overpriced, but that doesn't mean he's not very good. It's like we talked about yesterday. You should be having some mix of backing and fading good pitchers. Uh, Brian Wu for the Mariners, 496 ERA, but the advanced metrics do think he's better than that. I've kind of been saying that all along with him. That first start really threw off his ERA, but I think he's decent for a guy, asterisk for a guy coming straight up from double A, right? I think that's a big caveat there. Most pitchers coming straight up from double A would probably get shelled. He's actually held his own below average, but again, relative to what we expect from him, not doing a bad job. Offensively, this Angels offense, I'm really surprised, still gets a slightly below league average rating. They do have a couple injuries, obviously the big one with Trout Ward being out probably other people at this point because they've had a lot of them when fully healthy this angels offense is pretty solid but right now i think the mariners offense might be a little bit better because the mariners 17 and 9 in the month of july so my hunch that we had talked about i think last time we talked about the mariners at the end of the at the end of july was like i think they're actually playing a little bit better and looked that up and that is correct they've been a more solid team we're going to be on the mariners here at plus 140 it's an a grade pick a grade threshold is plus 131 or better. B grade to be plus 121 or better. Model says the Angels are more likely than not to win this, but as we always talk about here, the value of a pick comes in how much difference is there between the implied probability and the actual probability. That's where you get your plus expected value from. Mariners win this according to the sideline 47% of the time. And if you have a 47% hitter, at plus 140, that's going to make for a great long run. So not quite a coin toss. Again, Angels still should be favored in this one. Otani is definitely the better pitcher, but the Mariners have a massive bullpen edge. Because this really reminds me of the Marlins game we talked about yesterday where we said Wheeler's the better pitcher. Sure enough, the Phillies had the lead for most of that game, but we talked about the bullpen might even it out, kind of a coin toss situation. And that worked out for us in the, I don't know, 19th inning or something is what it felt like. Oh, yep, yep watching that game and this is a little bit of a similar situation not quite a coin toss but obviously otani's the better pitcher but the angels bullpen is still very bad even though it's a little bit better than it was it's still not for good the mariners bullpen really good you can have a short hook with Wu because you have so many arms even trading school yeah. they still have a a plethora of arms to go to. And that's why they were able to move him uh, for the Mariners. So plus 140 here on the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners, again, 17-9 in the month of July. Are, are we back feeling more confident with the Mariners, even though they always play in close games? I, yes. I, I, I want to have faith in, in the Mariners just because I thought they were going to be good this season. And I would say, yeah, Otani's last start, uh, if he was overpriced before, I uh, his last start did did nothing to, to make that any different. As an Astros fan, I really have to consider 
we had to play pool holes in the NL Central for so long. Then we had mm. to deal with Trout on the Angels. And now we're mm. having to deal with Otani on the Angels. And, like, there is no rest for the weary as, mm. as an Astros mm. fan. that We just seemingly consistently get stuck playing against the best best player in baseball for just, like, years and years and years at, at a time. It, and the best part is then the Astros moved to the AL West to face Pujols again, who wasn't yeah. good but still terrorized the Astros for yeah. whatever reason. Like, it, yeah. I, I, half of his – I'm, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. I think yeah. half of his home runs that came with the Angels happened against the Astros. Like, it was not <laughs> pretty. You could um, have told me half of his home runs in his career came against the Astros. I'd be like, yeah, that, that it, checks out. It, at least with the Cardinals, he was also really good against everybody else. With the Angels, it was like he was yeah. only good against the Astros. He was terrible against the rest of the league for most of that contract, it seemed like. Yeah. Um, again, we have faded Otani a lot this season. I'm not going to lie to you, viewer. It has not gone well. But as we talked about before, you know, we don't have to be 50-50 in fading Otani to be profitable because Otani typically is priced really steep. And at these plus odds, anytime this Angels bullpen gets involved, and it didn't get involved last year, but that was such a rarity on average this season. Even after that complete game, Otani's averaging exactly six innings per start. So it's not like he's been going to, and that doesn't mean he won't today. Maybe he's yeah. figured it out. Maybe he's turned a corner. You just never know. But if you're backing the Angels on this one, you are really putting a lot of stock in that last start tells you exactly what's going to happen going forward. And I'm not saying it won't. Otani is incredible and pitched so well last year yeah. that it wouldn't surprise me if he's able to, to do something like that again going forward. But uh, we just haven't seen it this year. So I need more than yeah. one start before I start thinking that this price makes sense for him as good as he is. Uh, again, a similar story like we talked about with Wheeler yesterday. Wheeler wanted you know, even better in my opinion, but uh, unfortunately he's not able to pitch the whole game. Offense matters and uh, the Phillies couldn't pull it off. We got the plus odds winner with the Marlins and that's what we're hoping for here today. And, and, and like another reason to back the Mariners here, it, and you've already talked about the bullpens, but just maybe to give it like a, another sense of scale, it, it, is this the, the best bullpen in the worst bullpen in, in baseball? I, I don't think so anymore. The, the, uh, Angels bullpen is a little bit improved. The Mariners, I do believe, rate as the best bullpen, but uh, the uh, Nationals would be the worst bullpen. The A's would be the second worst bullpen. The Angels would rank basically tied for the third worst with the Royals, uh, if you look around the year. But yeah, best best bullpen versus one of the worst. Uh, yeah. Even improved, this Angels bullpen still does not yeah. look very good. Part of the issue with their bullpen also is the fact that they are still stubbornly sticking with a six-man rotation it, it, it appears has kind of been the way it's been going and mm. that wears your bullpen a little bit thinner uh, because you have one less arm in the bullpen and yeah. uh, on top of that it makes one of your better pitchers not pitch in the bullpen because if you took one of those guys and moved them to the, to the pin you might actually get a little bit of reinforcements there you also have situations yeah. like yesterday where Gilito just gets just absolutely shelled he's been giving up so many home runs this season and yeah. it just makes the bullpen work even harder so it's just kind of been a downward spiral of all sorts of proportions there for Yep. Uh, the Angels bullpen. So obviously, if you're backing the Angels, you're really counting on Otani. If you're backing the Angels, I would be doing it first five. The first five air, edge on the Mariners is non-existent. So if you were going to play the Angels, it would almost have to be first five. Ignore the bullpen. Don't stress about if Otani's going to go five or nine because that matters a lot. I don't know what he will do. Yeah. He's average six. I think that's probably pretty reasonable uh, to expect. And so if he goes six 
and it's tight. The Mariners are going to have a massive edge at the end. If he goes nine, obviously we're probably going to be in trouble with this play. But if he goes five or six, we got a real good shot. So against back in the Angels, almost has to be first five, in my opinion. Not that they can't win the game, but that's where your better value comes because you are removing this massive bullpen edge for the Mariners. Total in this one, uh, last thing for us to cover here, projection 8.9. Actual total is eight, but it's juiced at minus 120. Because, Jared, what price would you be looking for at that eight before you could play over eight in this game uh probably like my probably minus 110 um i don't know if you got that to minus 115 i would consider but probably minus 110 is the point where i'm like yeah I'm, I'm i'm good with that just because tony had such a great start last time out the mariners are strikeout prone if it gets to a close game late as good as the angels offense has been the mariners bullpen is just as good so if it gets to be a close game late i do kind of I would wouldn't feel great that they could score a whole bunch of runs with that Mariners bullpen, but might as well. Yeah, yeah, the this game sets up to be a very high variance, I think, in the number of total of runs. If Otani has a good start, really uh, goes deep, eliminates the Angels bullpen from pitching in this game. The Mariners might not score very many with Wu again, as long as he has a respectable start. Four innings is really all he has to go. Four solid innings, five would be would be a gift for them. Turn it over to that bullpen. They have arms and arms and arms. This could be a two to one game. And again, if it's two to one, I like the idea of having the Mariners plus one forty. We have a shot. Doesn't mean we'll win, but I think it's a good value play. But it could be a really high scoring game if we get to that Angels bullpen earlier. Uh, Wu again, probably the worst thing in this game is, is Brian Wu. Again, I, I think he's done a admirable job coming up from double a but he's still yeah. a pitcher coming up from double a and a young guy and this angels offense still is decent uh so you could have a lot of runs weather really going to be no impact on this game uh going to be pretty standard slight breeze blowing out like it normally happens in that park that's so kind of baked in uh, around 80 degrees start around 70 degrees to close so i mean just a pretty standard run of the mill day and a park that can be slightly hitter friendly probably going to play if anything maybe very, very slightly hitter friendly, which is why the over might be, um, you know, a smart play, but it's not going to be one of those really hitter friendly nights at Anaheim. Yeah. But again, a lot of variance, I think, in this total. So, because of Jade, your, your threshold would be over eight minus 110. Right yeah. now, it's over eight, would be minus 120. Uh, again, projection there is closer to nine than eight. Uh, and that is all we've got for today, cousin Jared. Uh, any parting words for people's Thursday? A decent Thursday, so a decent amount of games here on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. heading into Friday, uh, yeah. what thought do you want to leave the people with? I tried the the praline pecans from Bucky's on your recommendation mm-hmm. last week, and I I have to say, first time that I've had it, uh, very good. I was told I need to try like the the pecans with cinnamon on them, cinnamon. but I prefer yeah. the praline. I, I prefer mm-hmm. the praline. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm a cinnamon guy, whether it's cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, a good cinnamon pa- sugar donut, uh, you know, cinnamon uh, yeah. pecans. I just, I love yeah. me some cinnamon. Um, okay. All right. There you go. All right. Well, uh, that's all we've got then for today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure the sports betting content for this channel. Shop right into your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow. More baseball content. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.